Hello, welcome to Cats Got Your Tongue, the podcast in association with Cats Protection. My name's Adam Brown, the host of Cats Got Your Tongue, self-confessed cat lover and very proud cat dad as well. Uh, we've got celebrity guests, as always, on this podcast, funny feline stories, and we'll do our very best to solve your cat dilemmas as well. Now, as much as I love cats, and let me tell you, that is a lot. I don't know everything about cats. That's why every week I'm joined by our cat expert, Nikki from Cats Protection. Hi, Nikki. You all right? Hiya. How you doing? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Um, so do you uh, notice anything different about me today? That you're not wearing a cat t-shirt? Exactly that. Exactly. It's the first time. Have you I've... run out finally? Yeah, but I've ordered some more. So there should be <laughs> okay. some more coming, which is good. I've got a couple of cat, uh, cat print shirts and, and some more Cats Protection t-shirts that I've ordered as well. Uh, but I have got one thing that is, because I thought I, I've got a necklace with a cat on that I always wear. And I've got a little bracelet with a little sort of cat's head that I always wear as well. But I just thought, considering I've not got anything that's got cat print on the top half, I have got something else on. Which I don't know if you're to see. <gasps> yes. Right, but that oh, they're amazing. Yeah, but that is my cat. That's Ruby. Yeah, it's for a, real. They're personalised <gasps> Ruby socks. So that oh, is my wow. cat. So there you go. I just thought. And the question is, did you buy them or did someone buy them for you as a gift? <laughs> yeah, I got bought them as a gift. <laughs> amazing. That's really thoughtful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I have got also got a T-shirt with her face on it as well. Uh, somewhere, so that might make an appearance at some point in the uh, in the podcast. But I just didn't want to let you down. I didn't want you to think, oh, Thank he's you. he's come he's come along with 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 no sort of you know cat related attire. But no, there you go, the socks with the the personal. Have you got any personalised stuff for your cat? On? Do you know what I haven't? And now I'm feeling massively left out. Although he is on YouTube and he is on like the buildings for the adoption centres at Cats Protection. So I sort of feel like. I've just gone one bigger. It's not personal, but he's out there in the yeah. all the world. Yeah, enjoy. that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, that, to be fair, that is the next step up on it. Really, to be fair. <laughs> uh, so, Nikki, as always, you're going to be on hand to answer any questions uh, that people might have about cats. And don't forget, if you have got any questions or you want to share any stories uh, about your cat or just cats in general, uh, you can give us a shout. Pod at cats.org.uk. We want to hear your funny stories as well, your cat-related dilemmas, your cats' tales. That's something we're going to do a little bit later on. Uh, in this episode of Cat's Got Your Tongue. We're going to be going through those later with our very special guest. Speaking of which, let's get him on. So each week on Cat's Got Your Tongue, I'm joined by a guest who, like me, loves cats probably more than humans. And joining us today is someone who is very at home on stage and behind the mic as well. He's been on the comedy circuit for nearing 15 years and he's here with us now. Please welcome Matt Richardson. How are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's it's genuinely, so, this is like my dream to be on a podcast that is about cats. I talk about my cat constantly anyway, so the fact that I can do it for a useful reason is really nice. Yeah, this You're is a good company. Yeah, this is <laughs> it. This is what we always say is that like, you know, this podcast is the perfect place just to get out all those cat sort of anecdotes that you usually kind of annoy your mates with. And you do it yeah. with people that actively encourage it as well. So yeah, you're in the perfect place here, Matt. I know, you know, it's, it's sad because like, um, I'll start a conversation with a friend now. All my friends are having kids at the moment. I've just hit that part of my life. And um, when that happens, it's fine. But I'll start talking. I'll be like, that's just like my life. And they'll go, I'll stop you there. If you're going to talk about your cat now, I do not want to hear about it. <laughs> Although with my friends, um, I will bring up my cat on purpose 
um, to upset them because they think having children is much harder than having a cat. So they'll be like, oh, I've been up all night because, you know, um, little Tarquin's got this wrong with them. And I'll be like, oh, that's just like Achilles. And they'll go, I think you'll find it's much harder to have a child. No, no absolutely not. <laughs> so let's talk about your cat then, Matt. Obviously, uh, tell us all about Achilles. I'm fully aware that when I say the name, people are like, that is absolutely unbearable. No, not there, mate. Come on. There you go. Why don't you sit there? Um, Achilles is a name is like pretty pretentious, right? But my other half, Sam, is really into Greek mythology. So we thought we'd go for a really kind of like pretentious name, basically. But he's great. I was never a cat person. So I have to say that I think this is quite common with cat owners, actually. Um, I was never a cat person. And then we were living in London. And one of our neighbour's cats started visiting us quite a lot. And we left the door open once when we were bringing shopping in and it ended up coming into the house. And we were like, oh God, the cat's in, what do we do? And in the end, he used to come to the window and sit there and he'd want to just like come in for an hour, have a sniff around and then go again. So when lockdown happened, we thought, oh, maybe we should, this is the time to get a cat actually, because we really loved this neighbour's cat. And, um, and we had a friend who ended up with a kitten, a good friend of mine, Emily. And I went, oh, where, where'd you get your kitten from? And, uh, a woman who lived two streets away from us happened, one of her cats went out and got pregnant before it got spayed. And she just was struggling to get rid of the kitten. So we were like, we will have one, please. And it is the best decision I've ever made in my life, getting a cat. It's so rewarding because I think, I feel like cats, you really have to work on it. It's not a, it's not an unconditional relationship like a dog or a child. Um, cats, it's, it's very much like I will love you based on how much I get out of you as well. So I think that's why it's so rewarding. Were you a cat person when you were a kid, or is this a relatively new thing? I, I didn't like. I've never, I've never been against cats, but I would never have said, "Oh, I would love a cat." Ever. Yeah. It's weird. I'm exactly the same. I got my cat three years ago, and obviously, what's your cat called? Ruby. So, Ruby. She, but and also that I now become the biggest cat lover. Hence, yeah. why I'm presenting a cat-based podcast. I absolutely. You know it's weird. It just makes you. You get obsessed. I get. I've become completely and utterly obsessed. Late converts are always always the uh, the most extreme. So a little bit more about Achilles. Um, obviously, yeah. we briefly saw him there uh, as yeah, he yeah. as he made his way into the room. But just describe what he's like. Um, he is uh, so he's a tabby, tabby with a little white face and little white paws. He's incredibly social, so he's quite a bold cat. I think I've got plenty of friends whose cats are very shy, and if people come round. Uh, the cat goes and hides away. He is the total opposite. As soon as there's someone new in the house, all he wants to do is be around them and like get into their space and see what they're up to. Workmen have him all over them, basically. But it's he's very like I wasn't expecting that from him. But he's yeah, he's really bold. Nikki, is that is that something which just varies from cat to cat, or is it something which is kind of learned by the cat when the kittens, or is it just a natural personality-led thing? How social they are. It's a bit of both. So um, the trait for boldness, how outgoing they are, is uh, genetically comes across from the father. Um, so they've done actual studies. I oh, know, no which is quite cool. So they had like the friendly, bold fathers and they sired like the friendly kittens. And bear in mind that in the study, the fathers didn't have anything to do with raising the kittens at all. And then the more fearful fathers had more fearful kittens. So there is a genetic side of it. It's really hard to replicate that study with the mother because, of course, the mother, you know, brings up the kittens. But, of course, then she's got learnt behaviour going on. But, you know, there's probably genetic effects from the mum too. But then also kitten socialisation has a massive effect on how they are, particularly with people. So that's between the age of two and seven weeks. So as long as they're, like, handled regularly and they're having positive experiences with a variety of different people in those first few weeks of life, 
that really sets them up for the rest of their life to be more confident. And then Matt, I totally hear you because my cat actually sat on like a workman's feet once. (laughs) And thank you. Yeah, I had given the heads up (laughs) to be like, do you like cats? Because not everyone does. And that's fine. But he was like, yeah, yeah, I don't mind. And I was like, because my cat will get involved. And then he just came on and sat on his feet so he couldn't move. And I was like, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I find that so interesting that especially two to seven weeks because unless you unless you have the mother right you don't know the cat at that point so i you know the the fact that a lot of his personality is something that was way before we were involved in his life is so interesting definitely it makes a big difference i'm really lucky because i'm where my cat's from cat's protection i did foster his mother and the litter of kittens as a proper like socialization project if you like with the view to adopting him um but it's a lot it's a lot of work to get it all done properly but it it makes a massive difference because now like we played the socializations um sounds to him every day when he was you know tiny and now he's okay with like vacuum cleaners and fireworks it's great so we we, we're lucky we don't have any problems with fireworks or thunder and lightning doesn't love the vacuum uh so obviously they weren't cleaning their house very much no exactly you can't do that (laughs) But yeah, because so, the cat um, says no. <laughs> but most stuff, like you would, you would think, you know, um, all those things, like just playing the sounds, literally, it's so interesting. Like this is like my favourite conversation ever. Finding out about how cats become how they are. This is amazing stuff. Matt, so what quirks does Achilles have? Is there anything that he does that? Because I spend a lot of my time just marvelling at just the ridiculousness of of my cat, and she'll do something, and it'll just be the best thing I've ever seen, and. Our videos of her and pictures and is he little quirky things that he does that just make you love him even more i find him so amusing just at everything like yeah. this i read this really interesting thing once like it wasn't like a scientific thing like an amusing thing of this is why cats are aliens that are stranded here because they're just so at odds with a lot of the world and um, he's he's great he is really bad at hunting spiders so he thinks he can do it, but he can't do it. That's always very funny. Um, and uh, I do love it when he gets them and he eats them. Uh, my girlfriend can't watch it. She tries to get them away from him. But I think it's like, absolutely. I'm like, yeah, you get it. Well done, son. I feel like a dad on the school <laughs> sidelines of football. Go on, go on kill it, kill it. Um, but mostly, he's sort of like, he's not really quirky. He's very cuddly, which I really, really enjoy. So especially what I like, though, is... Um, how he reacts to us so but I work away quite a lot and uh so does my other half and if we've been away for a couple of days and we've had a cat sitter staying here he will be like so happy we're back and then he basically gets bored of us and then when we've been away for a couple of days again he like becomes obsessed with us so sometimes I've said I'm like we should go away just because like he's not giving me much at the moment like I need to remind him (laughs) of how lucky he is to have me in his life (laughs) and and yeah like so and but what I also like is um if one of us is so he doesn't sleep in the bedroom with us he doesn't sleep on the bed he doesn't he's not really bothered Um, although we would obviously like he could sleep wherever he wants so there's no way you're keeping a cat away from where they want to be right it's not like a dog is it yeah my (laughs) mum said that before she's like can you not train him to not come into the bedroom I'm like you try exactly if he can't get into the bedroom he'll try and dig under the door and yeah. we've just bought the carpet it's a nightmare um but if one of us is away and the other one's home he always sleeps on the bed if there's only one of you it feels like he feels like he wants to step up into a different role in the house <laughs> and i find that just a really a really unusual quirk if, there, if there's two of us in the bed he's not bothered but if there's only one of you he's like i've got this don't worry guys it's and i just find that fascinating it's interesting that is well, adorable. yeah what you say there about when you when you're away uh matt and then when you come back i have um 
my cat does something really, really specific. Like if I go away for a couple of nights or when I went on holiday, for example, and my mum and dad were coming in and looking after her. And when I got back, initially she was really happy to see me, but then she kind of like went went away and sort of took herself away. Like she was kind of proving a point as to say, well, if you're gonna- Really? If you're gonna leave me for a bit, <laughs> I'm not giving you the intention until you've basically apologized for leaving me here. That's well, really funny. Is it, again, is it, it must just be on a cat by cat basis, Nikki, but like, what is it with this sort of the separation? Like, how does it work with the with the cat? Do they actively miss us when we're not there? Like, is that really sort of evident? I think that some cats really can miss us when we're not there. And it's not just simply a case of a change of routines, which it will be for all the cats, the change of routine, they don't like that. But I think they genuinely miss us, some of them. If you've got that bond with them, and they cause you, you can't tell Maritus on holiday. Like, here's my holiday yeah. photos, you know? Honestly, I was having a great time. Yeah, with, I didn't know. leave you, but, but um, I was, was the reason behind why I went away, yeah. Yeah, and so, and they, they and they don't know when you're coming back either. So I think if you've got a regular pattern, it's a bit more predictable. And also the cues that predict it, like, you know, the suitcase comes out and they think, oh, okay, here we go again. And then that from there, they might predict your absence. But if it's a bit all over the show, then it's difficult for them to predict and it might be a bit more unnerving for them. Do you have a FaceTime, yeah. you cat, Matt? I have. He yeah. doesn't seem so bothered about that. Yeah. I also, I think my cat's self-aware. So um, I know that animals aren't meant to be self-aware, apart from maybe elephants. I think my cat's the first sentient cat <laughs> because he he has never, ever once been scared in the mirror or been weird about a mirror. And I'm like, that's because he knows it's him. He's the cleverest animal of all time. But I doubt that's true. Firstly, like cats definitely are sentient. That's been proven for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, yeah, yeah. But they, yeah. you know, in mirrors when they go, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. self-awareness yeah. test with the, the red dot. I'm with you on that one. I think they have done one study on that, and it wasn't very conclusive. However, I'm with you because I think that my cat also gets that test and doesn't isn't yeah. doesn't think it's another cat. Kittens fail on that one quite a lot because they're like, oh, yeah. it's another kitten. But I do feel like as some adult cats grow up and they're like, that's oh, just me. Oh, it's me again. Yeah, so I do. I think I feel like the studies need to be repeated, probably with our cats. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just pass it. Look, I, oh. I think scientists need to work out that I've got the cleverest cat of all time, and they exactly. just need to do all of the tests on him because that's <laughs> the level. That is the level you get to, though, don't you? you? Go. Yeah. Oh my god, I don't think any other cat's ever done that. That's so. Uh, that's like my cat is. He knows the, like the laser pen, right? If you do a laser with your cat, I don't know. I know not everyone does, but like. After about five minutes, he just looks at the pen and he's like, I know it's coming from there. I'm like, of course you do. You're a genius. Yeah. <laughs> Look, my cat is gifted. Yeah, that's He's like, the special one. Yeah. Everyone yeah, believes yeah. that. Right? wants yeah. to be the one holding the laser. He's yeah. so, which, my cat deserves its own pet, actually, because he would be very responsible. <laughs> <laughs> no, Matt, you are the cat's pet. Just remember, that, that's, what, that's how it works. That is yeah. true, isn't it? Yeah, I think that... Is it, so is it true, Nikki, that it's... Um, I've read that... Dogs know that you're their owner or you're sort of in charge, but cats see you as part of a clan of cats that they live with. So both cats and dogs don't see us as a, another one of the same species. Like both, both of them do get that we're a different species. Okay, fine. For sure. No, because a lot of people say like, oh, we're just, we're just another cat. We're not. They're like, oh no, that's definitely different to me. Okay. But in terms of like the relationship of it, I, I hate to say it because it's the same for every answer. Every cat's different, but our relationship with the cats is different and same as it will be back with them as well so i think yeah. um but i think just part of the same social group same you know family that kind of thing is how generally cats will see us and dogs it's just the fact that like you say they they are different to dogs because because like if you upset a cat they will remember it and then they're yeah. like no whereas yeah. a dog you, you know it's quite sad that 
they can have really bad treatment and still be wagging a tail trying you know please yeah dogs yeah. dogs are um you know as a cat person dogs are pathetic and needy um, <laughs> i'm joking dogs, dogs are lovely and gorgeous dogs but, are lovely but they yeah, are yeah. different but, they, but i think there is that there is that thing of it's very much it's a two-way street with with a dog it feels very much one way they will love you unconditionally yeah whereas with a cat there's caveats right mm. exactly and i respect those caveats yeah, yeah. me too like <laughs> Yeah, that's, I've earned you know, them. <laughs> actually, what I think we should do is give every 13-year-old boy a cat when they turn 13 to teach them about consent and relationships. Because yeah. a cat is the perfect, like, it only works one way if they allow... Like, even stroking a cat, it's on their terms, right? All Literally. those things are really fascinating. That A dog will put up with stuff that a cat will just go, I'm actually fine, I'm going to go away for five hours. I'm yeah. tapping out of this one. It's or really I'm going to go children. find another family. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's good for children as well, yeah. so particularly with like teaching consent and everything else and around stroking. So, yeah, yeah it's really important. Well, you know, um, uh, with children as well and cats. Um, so I've got, a, I've got a brother with autism, right? And um, when uh, he was younger, there was a book that came out called All Cats Are Autistic. Right. And it was sort of trying to book that kind of taught them about, hey, cats behaviours, you know, it's OK to be autistic. And my brother's response was, I can't read that. I don't like cats, which is kind of the most autistic response of all time. But um, but I think like that, there's a lot of cats behaviours that are kind of very like about personal space and what they want to do and when they want to do it. That I really think kids should learn It's So they're just the best animals ever. That's the, that's just the conclusion. You don't need to do any more podcasts, guys. We've solved it. <laughs> Completed it. Yeah. Um, what about your cat's nickname because this is something that's come up quite a lot on uh, cats got your oh, tongue no. we're very aware was that an oh no were you saying oh, that no. yeah, yeah i know yeah. I, like, no don't worry because everyone has oh, let's say an evolution the names evolve don't they yeah. that's a good way of yeah, putting I it i mean matt this uh, is this so is a very, this is a cat safe space it's fine don't I, worry i know this is um <laughs> i just hope my dad doesn't listen to this podcast because he'll tell me to get a grip um <laughs> We, he, we basically, he just gets called, like, we just yell kitten around the house. To try, like, we just call him kitten all the time because he's a little baby. And um, uh, Achilles Moo, he gets, like, little Achilles, like, all sorts of things. Um, oh, God. It, oh, it's fine. So go on, go on, go on. This is humiliating. So Achilles Moo, kitten, um, stinky baby, obviously, is a, is a very common one because he, he stinks. Uh, he doesn't, but we tell him he stinks. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, they are the sort of main ones. <laughs> I've been trying to be like, I'm, I've been trying to be a cool comedian. Guys. I'm never going to get, never going to get a free leather jacket now. <laughs> no, you see, I don't know what it is though, right? I don't know. You, you, your cat can never just keep its actual name. It just always no. seems to just kind of progress into something. Here's a question for you though. Yeah. When you call your cat's name, when you say Ruby, mm. does she look? Is she like, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, she does. To be fair, she does. Yeah, but I, I don't call her Ruby, so yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's so the thing. Like, who's Ruby? Yeah, she's what like, do you call oh, Ruby, then? yeah, I, I call it. I call her Tubes. <laughs> Again, this method behind the madness. I was, yeah, so yeah, Ruby, yeah. Ruby became Rubes, and then I was typing Rubes once in into in a text message. It all correct to Tubes, and I was like, that's the yeah. best thing ever. So she became Tubes, and then sometimes Tubesy. This lovely cat is actually called Ruby, but she's getting called Tube. Again, it just the absolute nonsense cats put up with us. Like a big thing in our house is um, we sing to the cat a lot. Um, but like, so you'll take a, a popular song or any song you like, and then you just change the words <laughs> that they're all about cats. Yep. So for example, we're currently re-watching re Game of Thrones. I and mean, if he's in the room and we're watching it, when the theme tune comes on, I just go, 
kitten. He's a kitten. He's a kid. He is so small. He's a kitten. He's a kitten like that. And this, and he looks at me like, "You need to get a grip, mate. This is, this is not." We love it so behavior. much, though. I yeah. love. I know. And I sing. We every day we sing little songs to him, and like it's just. You know what? I have to say, like, there's so many, like, little flecks of joy that they bring to your life like that. Like, just, I, I find it so amusing, like, calling them silly names, like, giving them silly, like, for example, I mean, I don't know if either of you have ever done this, but um, with your, if you've got partners, but um, sometimes we're like, oh, oh, look at, yes, mummy, I'm liking sitting here, thank you very much, and, like, doing, like, to each other, talking as if we're the cats. I mean, it's, it's absolutely insane. No, but... uh, there's the... lots of cat people that do that. It's an it's a I, normal thing. You're, look, it's fine. Yeah. Lockdown was a hard one for me because we we obviously had a an Instagram account for the cat, which we still have. We don't use it very much. But then you we, rather than posting on it, being like, "Here's the cat," you post as if you are your own cat, and then you start following other cats. So my friend has a cat, and I followed his, and then we were commenting on each other's cat <laughs> photos as if we're each other's cats. And that's the point where you go, "They need to let us out of the house again." <laughs> That's brilliant. No, the, th the thing is, though... That looks like a nice toy. I'd like one of those. Oh, thank you very much. Like, insanity. This is the effect the cats can have on you, though, Matt, honestly. It, it, yeah. it, I, I honestly think that... It, I, I've said this before to Nikki, but it's changed me as a person. Definitely. Yeah, totally. Did you feel like it has in, in... You know, not only it makes you a bit more daft and, I don't know, it makes you happier, I think, generally, but I think, for me, it's made me sort of more empathetic. It's made me probably more emotional, more sensitive, all these really good yeah. qualities. I definitely think that's happened since I've got a cat. Look, and if you, if you like me, I, you know, I, I have, a, I have a job that is all about me. So I don't have to think about anything like any meeting I go to, we talk about me. Like it's, I've, I've got a very self-centered life because that's just what my job is, right? You work for yourself. Everything is all about like, what am I doing? Where are we going? And it's so, like, having something in my life I care about more than that. I mean, there's my girlfriend as well, I suppose. But, like, she has a job similar to me, right? She's self-employed. She works in fashion. It's all about, like, what jobs is she doing? Where is she going? So to have something that we both share that is bigger than ourselves has been such an amazing thing in our relationship and has absolutely, like, deepened our bond together. Yeah. And that's what I think is something that no one tells you about having a pet. They're like, oh, you love them. But I think loving them means you love each other more because you share that together, which I really love. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, uh, Matt, it's been really good to get to know about the cat in your life. You're going to be staying yeah. with us because uh, next on Cat's Got Your Tongue, we're going to be going through uh, cat dilemmas sent to us uh, by listeners of Cat's Got Your Tongue as we get your cat's tales. So next on Cat's Got Your Tongue, it's time for your cat's tales. This is where we get to hear from you with your dilemmas and your cat-related stories and questions. Basically, anything that you want to know about the world of cats, we are here to help. I think we should really start with a, a story or a question from you, really, Matt. Have you got a little cat's tale you want to share with us? So I've actually got something I would like some advice on. Go on. If I can help. Like, I generally have a very well-behaved cat. There's no issues at all. I'm very lucky. The only thing is... Sometimes if you you can't shut doors with my cat, he won't allow it. Well, he, you know, he, he, uh, we, in our old house we lived in, the door handles were really low. So he used to just let himself in. He worked out how the door handles worked, which was great unless it was my birthday or our anniversary. And, um, <laughs> but now he can't get them. So what happens is he tries to dig at the doors. Is there anything I can do to deter that sort of behavior? 
let's be honest, cats are a little bit like an expert spy. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they go yeah. into a room and they clock all the exits straight away. Like one of the first things they think about. And so by having a shut door that gives them the same level of panic as if like, a, a, you know, like as it would just sort of spy as well. So sadly, I would say just keeping all the doors slightly ajar like you've got at the moment is really the way forward. So we have, you know, um, in our house. Oh, there's a cat as well. Lovely. This is my one. He's the we've woke What's up he to. called? This is Kato. Kato, lovely stuff. <laughs> Nothing better than a cat on a Zoom, is there? We bought like all the, you know, little foam rings that sit at the top of the door that people have so their toddlers don't do their fingers. Every door in the house has got one of those on because he can't, he can't not be in the room if he wants to be. And then he comes in. The problem is he like screams, comes in and goes, oh, it's rubbish in here. <laughs> exactly, which is standard cat behaviour. So <clears throat> it's they, they just can't cope with the shut doors, which is why you just, if you leave them all slightly ajar, then they're yeah. going to be fine with it. And like you say, the panic over, they can just carry on as they were. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So that's just, I've just got to just crack on with it. It's fine. Crack on. Karen, as you are, you're yeah, doing a great yeah, yeah. job. Okay, yeah. cool. There's, cool. there's no hack, unfortunately, for that, Matt. you just got to keep your doors open, mate. No, you just you just have to totally change your life and how you leave it. Yeah. And how you leave it. Yeah, and say goodbye to... me. Yeah, and say goodbye to any privacy. But it's fine. It's okay. It's all yeah. good. Um, so now, as I said, we're going to... Uh, continue with more cat's tales and our next tale comes uh from tia hi my name is tia and i am terrified of cats i have been for quite a while when i was three years old i was scratched by a cat and i think since then i've just had a really difficult relationship with them the thought of even holding one makes me want to scream honestly um, and I just really want to know how I can improve my relationship because a lot of my friends own cats and I just really struggle when I go to their houses. I just I just find it really difficult being in the same room as their cats. So I just wanted to get over my fear. Oh. Wow, that's a that's a big question. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, there's some people who are scared of cats and it's like, I will, that's it, I'm not even going to bother trying. So yeah. fair play to Tia for actually wanting to address it. Um, and I'm, I'm one of those people that sometimes forgets that not everyone loves cats as much as me. So if anyone comes into my house, I'll, I'll be like, look at my cat, the cat's amazing, get involved, you know, stroke her, love her. And not everyone does, I suppose. It's, 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 it's a difficult it's tricky. one. My, my mother-in-law doesn't like cats and she comes to stay with us and he doesn't like, but the problem I think cats have is like you say, it, like a person that is closed to cats is like a closed door. So the more you don't want to be near the cat, the more the cat is like, I need to know more about you. What's going on? Like, tell me your story. So it, it's weird, isn't it? It's, whereas if you want a cat, like whenever I go up to a cat in the street, I'm like, oh my God, hello. It runs away because it's like, no, I'm, I don't need this. So it's very counterintuitive, but get stuck in with the cats and they will probably leave you alone more. What, what, exactly. Yeah. What would you say, Nikki? Because obviously I know it, it, it's like... You know, you probably hear more about it with dogs, don't you? That like, you know, when you if you're a kid and you're chased by a dog or you got bitten by a dog or whatever, you, you tend to hear that quite quite often. Whereas I think with cats, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't trust cats. Like, oh, you know, I don't like the way they look at me and all that. But I suppose if Tia, if she's had this kind of incident when she was younger and it's kind of really put her off the idea of even being in the same room as a cat, what steps could she actually take to probably ease her way into a journey, which I reckon ultimately will end with her loving cats. <laughs> but how does she start off on that journey? So, um, yeah, lots of empathy for Tia, first of all, just because it is quite a, a strong memory for such a young age and um, you know, an experience to go through. But I would, I agree with you that it needs to be done super gradually. And generally with the starting point, it's going to be different for everybody. 
but most people start far too further down the process so for example like just trying to stroke a cat mm. she needs to figure out where she feels most comfortable and it might just be like looking at a photograph of a cat or even an illustration and then just building up super super gradually from there um and that process is known as desensitization we do it in animals as well and then you want to pair it with something called counter conditioning none of these terms are short and that just means pairing it with a really high reward. So something that she finds super rewarding to make a positive association between cats or pictures of cats and the reward. And then just really, really gradually building up at a pace that she feels individually comfortable with over time. It will probably take a really long time before she could even be in the room with another cat. And it needs to be a carefully selected one that doesn't just, you know, come up to her. will happily just sit at the other side of the room and be predictable. Yeah. So that's what I'd recommend. If she needs photos of cats, I have about 9,000 <laughs> she, uh, she can start with. <laughs> Achilles is available. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, look, we, he's had a professional photo shoot. We've had some great photos of him. He, she's very welcome to start with those and then see how she gets on. Also, recommend what we do in our house. She said she got scratched by a cat. I've got a lot. Call them love lines. That's what we've got. We've got uh, little cat love lines all over our arms, basically. Yeah, that, that's it. You need Matt Richardson's camera roll. That's a, so that's your phone. My that's camera your roll. I'll help her reframe everything. I do. I get it though. I do really yeah. get it. Like I think you know. I I don't know. It's strange because I suppose cats seem so much like you said. Unpredictable is a really good word, isn't it? Because cats do seem so much more unpredictable than dogs, and they're untrainable to a lot of people. So I get that she's scared of them, but. She'll find the right cat for her. That's that's what exactly. She's yeah, exactly. Absolutely. She'll find the right cat for sure. We've got a couple more. Uh, our next one comes from Kay, and she says, "Hi Adam, I've got two cats and two dogs. We got our cats long before the dogs arrived, so they were a little bit miffed at first when two cocker spaniels came to live with us. And five years down the line, our youngest cat Eva is very good with the dogs and doesn't mind being around them. But our other cat Hank." We'll take a swipe at them if they wander past and give off lots of hissing. Is there anything I can do to help Hank see they aren't trying to hurt him? So this is, a, it's, it's a weird, it's a strange dynamic, isn't it, I think? I, I'd always, I can't imagine my cat would deal well with, with a dog, but you do, you know, you do see that some cats are quite used to it. So what can Kay do? Is there anything, Nikki, that can kind of help this situation out? It's already been a bit of a while, so I'd first of all get a vet check for the cat in question just in case there's something medical there going on and that's reducing the tolerance of the dogs because imagine you've had a really bad headache and then the dog comes near you you're not going to have the same you know tolerance of it so get that ruled out first and then i would probably work more on the dogs than i would the cat and because you want to almost treat them like stooge dogs so what i mean by that is like making sure that they're trained well enough that they can be like walk the other side of the room predictably far away from the cat and then reward the cat for keeping calm in the presence of those dogs and then it takes a few people to do this by the way you can't yeah. do this single-handedly <laughs> but um and then as the cat's being comfortable and then you can do it so that it's like a little bit longer or it's slightly closer and just building up those experiences over time and then also look at the roots in the house as well because if the cat's having to run the gauntlet of getting through like the dog section of the house in order to get outside which is really common look at getting cat flaps in other areas of the house including sometimes even upstairs i had a client who we ended up putting a cat flap in a, a bathroom window that went out onto a flat roof and then from there could get onto like the, the um, fence so it's it's sort of thinking like that in terms of how can we make this cat's life a bit easier and a bit more positive have you ever had cats and dogs together at all 
Uh, no, but you see, I, I've got to disagree with that. That sounds like a really good plan, Nikki, but I've just got to disagree. There's a much simpler solution here, which is you get rid of anything in your life that the cats don't love. You just, <laughs> you pander entirely to the cat in your life. And then when the cat is happy, you can be happy as well. Get rid of any furniture they don't like. Get Don't watch the television shows they don't like. Just keep hours that they like to keep. You know, get rid of your job. And then the cat will finally be the kind of cat you want. You just can't, you can't have other things around that they don't love. <laughs> that's that's the that's the only way to do it. I'm really sorry, but you know, leave your partner if the cat's not bothered. <laughs> just focus on the cat. And the cat's a good judge of character, aren't they? Yeah, exactly yeah. that. <laughs> so our final cat's tale comes from veterinary surgeon Dr. Scott Miller, uh, who we actually uh, saw at the National Cat Awards this year. Uh, and is whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Right, we're just going to breeze past the fact there's a National Cat Awards. Oh. That's Matt, Absolutely incredible. It's, honestly, it is one of the best days of the year. It's one of the highlights of my calendar each and every year. It's incredible. I want to come to the National Cats Awards. I'm have to come next year. You, you, you can come next yes. year, mate. 100%. Can I actually? Yeah. That is, oh my goodness, that's exciting. It I is, didn't know there was a National Cat Awards. It's that super is, cool as well. It, it's the cat Oscars, are really. Are there cats in present? Are there, you know, are there cats No, but there's awesome present? cat videos. Yeah. Okay, fine. I was going to say, because it'd just be lovely to see a load of little black and white cats with their little tuxedos <laughs> on. Yeah. Doing the red carpet. <laughs> um, no, but what I will say is these, these like, um, like the video packages and the montages and stuff. Be prepared, Matt. You will be crying. I'm just going to say oh, that. Oh, lovely! And, and you know, yeah. every time they serve you a drink at the table, you can just push it off the side. Yeah, they can, can be there in spirit. <laughs> you've got, you've got to act just like a cat at the awards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely stuff. Um, if they give you any wet food, that's all you want. Yeah, Great. but Can't also, wait. yeah, any food that's there, you just got to sort of sniff it and go no, and just walk, <laughs> just walk away. As well. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so our final cat's tale does come from uh, Dr. Scott Miller. Uh, so let's see what. Uh, Dr. Scott Miller to say. I think with cats, they're harder to read as far as ill health. So they'll tend to slink away, um, sort of hide away um, and pull back from attention. Whereas dogs come up and show you their sore paw and will complain to you that they're not feeling well. Cats don't do that. Uh, so I think that does make it a little bit more difficult. They're easier to ignore, I suppose. And also, I think we take it for granted that they're so... Um, just easy to, to own because they're, you know, they're self-cleaning, they're self-feeding, they're self-washing. They just do everything for themselves. So we can sometimes be a bit complacent, I think, when it comes to just checking in on our feline friends. So I would always recommend that's a really good idea. Just every day, just kind of just give them a quick check over, make sure they're okay because uh, dogs tend to kind of complain more. So that's uh, Dr. Scott Miller there talking about checking in on our cats, um, which I suppose we've kind of established this, you know, certainly in, in, in today's episode that, you know, cats are a little bit more private and they have the, you know, their, their own sort of personalities and, and they're not as kind of in your face as dogs, are they? So are there any telltale signs in all cats to look out for, Nikki? Or again, is it down to the individual cat? Do they each have their own way of telling the humans that they're unwell or is there something we can look out for in a general sense? So the, the key question is always, is there a behaviour change lately? The difficulty is that most owners always go, no, it's fine, which is why behaviourists in particular, but also veterinary professionals will end up going like, what about this, what about this? So from a medical perspective, it's are they drinking more or less, eating more or less? Um, is there a change of activity level? Are they hiding more, which is a really common sign for pain? And as Scott said, you know, you're just hiding more. It's really easy to overlook and not really notice it. So those are the sorts of things. I mean, literally, they can get hit by a car and have a leg hanging off and they'll come home and be like, there's nothing to see here, guys, nothing to look at. So 
Whereas I could, <laughs> we've had a dog once in practice where um, the leg had healed and it was, you know, bandaged, et cetera. And the owner was still really concerned. And so what we did in the end is we bandaged the dog's good leg and the dog was like, Whoo! and that's what he means. <laughs> really? Dogs complain. Whereas like I say, the cat's leg is like, and they just, they just don't move. So is that, is that an evolutionary reason? Yes, it is. And that's because they come back from this like solitary survivalist. So they have to be able to cope by themselves. And also everyone forgets that even though like, they're a predator, they're also a prey species where they're quite small. So in the wild, they get preyed on by leopards, for example. So they have to like hide all signs of pain because they don't want to get, you know, any don't show weakness. Do not show weakness. Exactly. So that's why it's extra hard with cats. One of the things that's really commonly missed uh, by most people is arthritis. And um so, for example, one of the ways it'll get picked up is because the cat stops using the litter tray. So everyone thinks it's a toileting problem, but it's not. It's arthritis sometimes because the cat, even like this much on the, the lip of the uh, litter tray can be too much for the cat to step over. And everyone says, oh, but they're still jumping on the windowsill, which is obviously quite a few feet. But it's because they're really motivated to get up high and feel safe where they could just toilet somewhere else in the house. Right. So and they're not doing it on purpose. There's no such thing as a dirty protest. They just doing it because it hurts and um and yeah cats get most the all the same conditions i'd say as people do pretty much so it's it's yeah it's realizing that they can get diabetes and they can get renal failure and they get all sorts of things we yeah. have it with with our cat achilles we have um not a problem but a, we've got a real telltale with him when something's not right either in the house or with himself is that he's an over groomer so oh. if something's happened so for example we moved house earlier this year and the move He's got one spot he goes for on his belly and he'll just, that's his like stress relief. So whenever that crops up, it's time to go to the vet, just to have a check over and see if he's okay. That's sort of, we're lucky that that's his little tell. And you're tuned into that, you know that, and that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, we ch and we check it out and stuff, you know, especially when you lie him on his back and stretch his arms and call him a baby, you can have a little look and check that everything's okay. <laughs> Is there a general sort of like period of time that you know cat owners should kind of get a checkup on the cat Nikki or is it just when those signs kind of appear or is it like oh every six months every 12 months you should be doing you know certain things in terms of taking your cat to the, to the vet so for most owners it will tie in with annual vaccinations so that'll be once a year trip to the vet to the vets obviously like Matt said if you notice anything is you know unusual or uh, out of the ordinary take them to the vets anyway it's always better to be safe than sorry and then as the cats enter their senior years um that's when you like to you know ramp up the vet visits and go every six months particularly as they're becoming a bit more sort of super senior that's when you might look to get sort of um blood and urine tests done regularly as like sort of baseline data to see how they're getting on medically and what ages are that would it be uh i would say sort of 11 or 12 onwards yeah oh wow okay so quite a while then yeah i did read as well um that kidney problems are very common in cats are there any signs to look out for for those they are it's a really you're right it's totally really common um so signs would include drinking more urinating more and those are sort of the main ones sometimes the, the coat can be a bit unkempt and um definitely make sure that they've got lots of water bowls all over the house and um, upstairs and down and also making sure they've got um ceramic bowls tend to be the most popular if it's wide and shallow so the whiskers not touching the sides no my, my cat likes also i've got like a a really sort of wide big mug that she loves drinking out of i mean i've got so many different bowls but we have, we have these different ones around it and she kind of anything that's new or like a novelty she'll just kind of go to that and then 
I have to put a different cup out or a different bowl. And she just lo- loves having the, the sort of the variety you, of different ones. Do you ever have to do that thing where you pretend a drink's yours so then your cat will drink out of it? Because that's the only way. Because we had that for a while. We have, he's got his own water fountain. He likes running water. Always wants to, he was always drinking out the taps. We bought him one that's always running now. Yeah, so we've got that. So that that I think means he drinks more than, you know, he would have done before. Because also I did read, and this might be wrong, but they will happily be, they will happily not drink. If there's nothing appropriate, they'd rather not drink than drink out of something they wouldn't want to drink out of. Yeah, I think they can be particular about it, particularly because their their sense of taste is different to ours. But also I think sometimes it's a bit uh, more sensitive at picking things up. So they can taste, for example, like, the plastic bowls can sometimes give us the taste. Some of the metal bowls can too. So okay. they really do quite like rainwater or filtered water. <laughs> you can see now like, all the things that cat owners are doing. So I'm always recommending oh, them yeah. leave, a, leave a drip tray out in the garden to collect rainwater for the cat. Make sure it's We have a filter regularly. in the fountain. We have to change the filters more often than we change our Brita filter. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because the cat notices yeah, that yeah, we yeah, would. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> But yeah, and also we've all been there with like having to pretend it's our drink and then be like, oh, I'm just going to leave it here unattended and please can no one steal it. <laughs> and the pro- well, the problem isn't doing that. It's the fact that you say, oh, I'm just leaving this here. Please no one go near it out loud. That's when it gets weird. Yeah, yeah. But I can imagine, uh, Matt, that you do go the extra mile when it comes to the cat with obviously the water filters and do you do ridiculous things spend far too much money there's currently a big debate about um if it would be appropriate to buy a 700 pound litter box you know things like that (laughs) that you just think i wouldn't spend 700 pounds on any gadget apart from for the cat and then you start to my big frustration though at the moment is i will see a new toy that i think god that's amazing and he has no interest in it whatsoever. I've wasted a lot of money on toys that have then never been used and end up going to like a shelter or something because he's just, he likes the worst bit of rubbish on the floor, like a little wrapper of something is all over. You spend 70 quid on a feather thing with batteries in it, technology, AI, he's just couldn't care less. He just wants to play in the box that it came in. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness, that's so like the little sticks you can buy them. You know that are like oh, sort yeah. of um, catnip sticks. Then that's it. That's all he wants. Just those and feathers. Nothing else. So Matt, yeah. what we'll do is usually we kind of end on this question: uh, What is the best thing about owning a cat? Uh, the best thing about owning a cat for me is I have I've never had pets growing up. I've, this is my first ever pet, and it's a level of joy I didn't know. I still had in me from being like young and a child. That's what my favourite thing is. It's just brought out the best side of me. Absolutely, completely and utterly agree with you. That is the perfect way to describe how I feel as well with my, with my cat. So yeah, amazing. Completely on board with that, say, You two sound like kindred spirits. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you need to go for a beer, mate. You have to go yeah, for a absolutely. pint at some point. Yeah. <laughs> what they need to be is a cat pub yeah, rather than uh, a cat cafe. That's the new business idea. We'll set it up. Lovely. <laughs> there's one yeah, near me, good. and we have our work dues there. If there's a cat pub. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely it's amazing. So good. Amazing. Yeah. Yes, right. Okay then, Matt. I'll, uh, I'll I'll drop you a message, mate, and we'll get that sorted. Please, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, so that's it for this week on Cats Cut Your Tongue in association uh, with Cats Protection. Thank you very much to Matt Richardson. Thank you, mate, for coming on. We really appreciate it. And thanks also again to Nikki. Cheers, Adam. And remember to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tell your friends who love cats as much as us, all about us. Share the podcast, give us a review. And if you want to get in touch and share your own cat's tales, don't forget you can give us a shout, pod at cats.org.uk. We'll see you next time on Cats Got Your Tongue.